This is the Fail Fast Podcast. Stories of entrepreneurs who looked at failure in the eyes and didn't give up. With your host, the online sales master, Quinn Amorum. Welcome to the show, my friends. Today, we have the world's only award-winning celebrity recommended number one international best-selling certified professional ghostwriter. Joshua Lysek, he helps authors manifest the mission behind their voice. He's the founder of the Entrepreneur's Worldsmith LLC. He's Ohio's Ohio first certified professional ghostwriter, multiple number one international best-selling ghostwriter, Forbes contributor ghostwriter, TEDx speaker, and two-time published novelist. This is impressive. Joshua, welcome to the show. Thank you, Quinn. I'm glad to be here with you and everyone listening today. So you know what? We uh, Before the show, we were talking about how often I, even if I know something, I still ask my guests about it just so the audience can know. But when it comes to to this, I actually don't know things. So I'm going to ask you everything I want to know. And I'm super fascinated by this. So let's start with what is a ghostwriter? Yeah. So what is a ghostwriter? It's more than just being a professional writer. So if you are a writer, you're an author, you're a copywriter, you create your own content, you have your own voice, you're writing a book, you're writing your blog posts, you're writing your emails, your sales pages. A ghostwriter is someone who allows you to work on your content, not in your content. What does that mean? You as the author, as the client, you have your stories, experiences, lessons, ideas that you want to get across in the most emotionally compelling and persuasive way. Well, being the person who has this vast library of content inside your head, you don't always know what that is. And sometimes you can stumble into one writer's block obstacle after another, self-censoring, self-editing. You're like, that's not what I wanted to say. You type chapter one of your book and you're like, that's all wrong. That, that's not what I meant to say. I don't, I don't know how to say what I want to say. So you bring in a third-party professional, a certified ghostwriter such as myself, who helps you flesh out exactly what you want to say in the most compelling way you could have possibly said that, appealing to the most number of people, having the most persuasive effect, and making sure that it still sounds like you wrote it. I've ghostwritten over 40 books in my career, and every single author I've ever worked with going back to the very beginning, has said a version of the following to me. Joshua, I read chapter one. You sent it over. I was super, super nervous. Like, what's it going to look like? You know, it's it's chapter one of my book. You know, am I going to feel nervous telling people I wrote it? Is that going to be fraudulent? What's, how's this going to go down? They look at chapter one that I goes wrote for them, and they said, oh, my God, Joshua, I can't even tell I work with a ghostwriter. It feels like me. I shared it with my, people inside of my mastermind, and they're like, dude, I feel like you're sitting across from me at Starbucks or on the front porch or at the club. And I, I feel your voice alive. And wow, you can write really well. I think you missed your calling as a, mm -hmm. as a writer. So that's the effect that ghostwriting has. I have also, in addition to my vast publishing industry experience, experience as a performer, as a professional actor. And so when you're in the theater environment, I, I did uh, some combination of stand-up and dinner, in a, dinner theater scripted and also wow. improv. And when you're in that world, you have to become a three-dimensional character, reading what's in the script and becoming alive. And I bring that same 
methodology to the world of my writers, my, my authors' books, their blog posts, their ideas. And so I portray them and their voice on the page so no one can tell that they work with a ghostwriter. That is, that's so incredible. So Josh, what you mentioned there that some people may actually feel a little bit like, uh, is, this, is this fraudulent? Uh, and to be honest here, my opinion is, of course, it's not. I know it's, it's you trying to extract what's, for example, in my brain. Now, w- how do you explain that when, if somebody actually believes that, how do you explain that to them? Yes, yes. So there's a couple, a couple of different ways that we could, we could tackle that concern. And it is a valid concern a lot of people have. Uh, even, even authors who have become my clients as, as a ghostwriter, yeah. when I first met them, they say, I don't need a ghostwriter. I don't want a ghostwriter because it needs to be my book. It has to be my book. It has to be my voice, my ideas. Mm-hmm. And then I explain how the process works, how I interview you. It's fun, casual conversations where your brilliance spills out every minute that we're on the call how I incorporate previous content you've created on your blog for your programs, speeches that you've given. Mm-hmm. And I structure it so that it all goes in the right order and I flesh out where it needs to be fleshed out, expand where it needs to be expand, and yes, even edit where it needs to be edited. So it's the best representation of you. I explain that process and people are like, oh, so a ghostwriter is not somebody you pay a hundred grand to, he disappears for six months, comes back with a book and you put your name on it. You go into Q&A with your audience and you have no idea what the book is about. So you come off like an idiot. That is not what a ghostwriter yeah, yeah. uh, ghost does. Yeah, no, that, that's, I guess that's an author. The person that does that is, yeah. So I know that's, that's very good. And do you ever get recognition for, for example, the content of the book, of course, if you were ghostwriting for me, the content of the book is is what's inside of me, is my yes. information. But the way it's beautifully spelled out in the book, that is you. So do you ever get some sort of actual recognition? Because people are, most people, I'm saying most people, don't know it was you, right? So do you ever get that recognition? About 75% of the time, I don't get recognition because the author and I, we have a non-disclosure agreement, confidentiality agreement Mm -hmm. in place. And there's various reasons why, for example, let's say some of my clients, they're they're celebrities. They're literally on TV every single day. They um, they have a recognized personal brand. They're a household name in a certain industry. It just makes sense for them to retain that pride of authorship, you might Mm -hmm. say. Now, for other people, Either an NDA wasn't important to them because they're happy to give credit where credit's due, or we did have a non-disclosure agreement and the confidentiality agreement in place, and they said, screw it. I was so successful as an author, I don't care how many people know. Here is a 10-minute unsolicited testimonial video, me singing your praises, Joshua, for the work that you did. And that's really cool because what I've been able to do is take that testimonial and explain how I work with authors, whether you're... The, the next breakout star of tomorrow, you're, you're kind of the best kept secret right now, but you're mm-hmm. going to be all the shiz tomorrow. Or if you're that, that household name already, my case studies that I have from, from clients who have been happy to say, Hey, Josh was my ghostwriter. I don't care. Those case studies have been phenomenal. A couple of them, just a couple of selected ones that we were talking about before this call. Mm-hmm. One of them was an author in the digital marketing space. She made over 300,000 uh, dollars US from her book because I designed the book to convert people into her online program. 
and we looked at the uh, the, the metrics in, in the Kindle. And we found that people were stopping reading the book about halfway through because they were going and buying her course. So it was a mega wow. profitable venture for her in just the first three months of release. Another author also in the, the, the marketing space, uh, he made over $1 million directly from his book over a 12 month period. And that is literally his, his testimony. He said, Joshua, you meant so much to me as the, as the writer behind this book. Here is a unsolicited testimonial telling all how you did it. And so, of course, I share these case studies with people <laughs> before, uh, before we uh, have a discovery call uh, about each other's book idea and ghostwriting services, respectively. So there's something you mentioned there that just got me mind blown and is the fact that you also can incorporate some copywriting into there to get the person to take action on something, right? In that case, okay, halfway through the book, uh, I need you to go have a look at my course, right? So is that something that, do you call it also copywriting? In, in my world, because we call somebody a copywriter where we want them to create an Amazon listing that is going to convert and get people to buy it. Yes. Do you also call that copywriting in your world? You could call it, you could call it that. And interestingly enough, alongside the ghostwriting business that I've built over the years, uh, I've, I've worked on quite a few direct response um, advertisements as well as uh, product launch sales pages online, which sold, as we would say here in Ohio, Vuku bucks worth of product, <laughs> worth, of, worth of services. And so funny enough, it was because of the success of a lot of those projects that the author said, wow, I'm ready for you to go from ghostwriting my blog posts and my sales pages and my emails to ghostwriting my book for me. So that is, is, is one of the ways that I've converted uh, mm. clients into becoming uh, authors of, of books as, as a ghostwriter. And yes, there are specific, uh, you could call them persuasion triggers or, or, or even uh, tricks of the trade as a copywriter yeah. that you want to work into the book to motivate people to take the next step and work with you in some greater capacity. Now, there's, there's three ways to do this, two of which are totally wrong if you want to convert readers into high-ticket clients. So let's talk about the two ways you do it wrong. So the first one is an advertorial. Every yeah. page is a call-out box that says, to get $100 worth of free resources on this, go here. Next page, sign up for my free seminar training. Next page, go watch this webinar. And there are some authors that do that, and their books get one-star reviews. Mm -hmm. The other version is to barely mention you have anything. So people are reading the book, reading the book, reading the book. And this is the beginning and the end of their relationship with you as a consumer. And so in that case, you, you end up wanting to stop promoting the book because you're, 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 you're actually wasting time writing and promoting the book because it's not leading anywhere beyond the $20 sale for the paperback. The mm -hmm. right way to do it is that we'll get, a, we'll get actually super, super detailed here for, for a moment. The right way to convert a reader into a high ticket client is you create free content upgrades that go alongside your book. So this is pretty obvious in the digital marketing space. Let's say you're writing a chapter on, maybe you specialize in um, uh, chiropractic clients. And so this is the Bible for digital marketing for chiropractors. For example, maybe you have a chapter on landing pages and you spell out, here's how you design them, here are the different headline formulas, the call to actions, here's the tips, the tricks, and the ways to increase your conversion rate. And you go in super, super in-depth, no holds barred, nothing held back. At the end of the chapter, you have a free content upgrade, which says, to get my top 10 free highest converting 
landing page templates to download right into your ClickFunnels, go to this special link where you'll get those freebies and everything else mentioned in this book, all the scripts, all the templates, instantly downloadable and accessible for you. So what's happening here is you're presenting an irresistible offer to your readers that makes it easy, fast, and inexpensive to implement what's in the book. That's, a that's one of the frustrations people have with books is it's 300 pages of, uh, of a knowledge meal that just takes a, a long time to consume and digest and to do something with. So if you take the 50 pages of wisdom around landing pages hmm. and you turn it into a freebie, it's like, wow, the author has done me a favor. I've, I now know the strategy behind why we're going to use this template. So I feel really confident in the author. We've got a bond of trust being built now. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to get that free content upgrade. From the content upgrade freebie, they get into your funnel. From the funnel, they get to your offer. From the offer, they convert from being a $10 paperback book buyer to a $10,000 mastermind member or whatever your mm -hmm. offer is. So that's the way to, to do it right. It's best to mention at the very beginning of the book, before the table of contents, have a special page that says the next step has all these free content upgrades for you available here. So it's, it, it's a call to action. You're setting the table, letting people know that there's going to be a lot of freebies to come and you have that page repeat at the very end after the last chapter. And then of course, throughout the book, you mention your free content upgrades. That is how to convert readers into high ticket clients. Uh, Josh, you know, I'm listening to here to you here and I'm thinking, so not only you have this uh, this gift that is being able be able to be one of the, the top ghostwriters is the fact that you also can tell me or or whoever you're writing the uh, the book for how to market it. So I'm guessing throughout the years with all the people that you you talk with, you you absorb that a little bit of knowledge here and here. And now do you have a a vast kind of knowledge from marketing books and, and any other thing. Is that, does that help you in what you do? It does because it decreases sharply the learning curve I have going into a new project. Yeah. I once went and I, so the, the 40 books that I've both written, a few of them have been in the same category. Like I tend to write a lot of business books, mm -hmm. leadership, best practices, systems, marketing, entrepreneurship, startups, like I'd say half of my books are just in the in that business category in a different a different area you might mm -hmm. say but the other half have been everything from civil engineering to philosophy religion spirituality um, the occult enlightenment uh, memoir autobiography a couple of novels different genres of course <laughs> a little bit of everything and so when I go into a new project it's not just me, the ghostwriter, who's bringing the skills. It's me, the ghostwriter, bringing the asset that is the previous 40 successful projects, which have collectively sold tens of thousands of copies and made millions of dollars for my authors. Uh, and what that allows the client to do is to leverage my expertise in all these various domains to make sure we're handling all the objections that future readers could have to their book. So I not only become the professional ghostwriter, but I become their ideal beta reader because I have such a, a wealth of knowledge in my background, my experience as a ghostwriter. So d does it have to be 
a hardcover big book published by a an agency or can this be self-published book uh, kindles paperbacks i've done a little bit of everything i i wrote the um uh, for the Nonfiction authors association i wrote a piece on the pros and cons of self-publishing versus traditional publishing and i'll give a, a quick rundown of those here yeah. when i help authors go the traditional publishing route um basically that that the, the, the pros are Someone else does a lot of the work for you. You know, you get the you get the you know get a literary agent. Literary agent sells your book idea to a publisher. The publisher pays you to finish the book, and then it comes out two to three years later. So the time frame is pretty long. The editor of the publishing house has the final say. Rejection rates are really high. Just because you get a contract with an agent doesn't mean it's actually going to follow through and, and mm -hmm. go all the way to being, um, to being uh, published. So in terms of risk, it's the, it's strangely enough, it has relatively high risk, um, but relatively low rewards because the, the risk is you'll spend the next five years trying to get a book deal and you won't get one. So you showed up with nothing. The relatively low reward is let's say you do get a book deal. Well, unless you already have, a brilliant brand and you're a household name with tens of thousands of followers um you won't get that big of an advance maybe 10 15,000 us dollars um and you'll get maybe a nickel a dime per copy of your book that's sold and you still have to promote the dang thing yourself you're still treated as the number one marketer for the book it's your job to promote this thing to make the publisher money so okay. unless you are already an established public figure traditional publishing is uh, is uh, is high risk low reward self-publishing is a little bit more high risk high reward the high reward is you do get to keep everything yourself because you know you're producing this thing you're doing a yeah. print on demand amazon paperback publishing thing so you get like five seven ten dollars per copy sold and that much for the the ebook as well and the audiobook depending on what editions you have now that's higher reward but why is it higher risk? Well, it's higher risk because you have to figure everything out yourself. So the chances of botching the cover, writing an unprofessional book that nobody reads are pretty high. And we're finding that the, the, the risk is a little too high for most authors. In fact, the 90 plus percent of self-published authors sell fewer than 100 copies of their book in the entire lifetime mm -hmm. of the book. Which is, which is pretty stark. So because we have these two paths to publishing that aren't super attractive, what I've done inside of my business is I've developed the balanced third way. I call it ghost publishing. So when you have a ghostwriter, someone else does all the work, you take all the credit, ghost publishing is the same. Someone else does all the work, you take all the royalties. What I do as a, as a ghostwriter and ghost publisher, I come alongside clients and we set them up their own publishing house, literally their own publishing imprint that becomes a publisher of their business. And we follow the best practices of real life successful publishing houses with the same systems. We bring in the copy editor that's used by the same big publisher houses in New York City and London. We have the audiobook production team, the professional award-winning designers that all become part of this process to make sure you have a professional rollout of your book. But, but it's on your timeline. You have total creative control. 
and you keep all the royalties. It's the best of publishing, the best of self-publishing, the best of traditional publishing without any of the associated cons of each. So you, you, might, you might say that's pretty popular. Pretty popular ghost publishing is. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, uh, walk me through the steps of how it gets done. How do you extract information from, from somebody? Yes, I have a 10-step process for ghostwriting and ghost publishing. So let's say someone comes to me and they say, wow, Joshua, I love everything you're saying about this. I want you to hold me by the hand and make sure that we get to the, the glorious land of profitable authorship. Here's what's going to happen. Step number one, we repurpose content you already have. So I ask you, hey, man, what do we want material you already have? Have you done blog posts, speeches, via courses? Let's put it all in one place. We can start with this library of content so we know what it is that we're dealing with here. So let's, let's, let's make the most of everything you already have. As Jay Abraham would say, get everything you can out of all you've got. <laughs> Name of one of his books, by the way. In any case, him. that's the first step. The second step, I call these uninterviews. Uninterview because it's a casual, friendly, fun conversation. Not like a, a, a journalist is in your face with a microphone asking for a gotcha statement. It's more so we want to flesh out your ideas, make sure that all the right stories and experiences and, 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 and success stories, and also step-by-step processes to make sure that your readers are able to execute what you're teaching them and get results rather than read it and say, huh, that was motivational, inspirational, but I don't have the first freaking clue what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. That's a one-star review right there. So that's it. That's the second step. Third step is the marketable book outline. Above all, we want to make sure we're actually writing something that people are going to want to read. Imagine if you could front load that. Imagine if you did not have to guess if anyone would like your book. But you could work on this thing, invest in this thing, knowing that there is a profitable paying market for your book. That is the third step. And here is how we do it. I've written two guides on this for Founder Magazine and for the Creative Pen, which is uh, it's Britain's top blog for authors. And the process goes like this. We go and we look at verified reader reviews on books that are in your category. Hmm. And we find, what do these readers love about these books? What do they hate about these books? What did they think the author overpromised and under-delivered on? So what we do, we put together this list of, of specific feedback from readers. We look for the patterns. One such thing is, I feel like they covered this one thing way too long that was obvious and elementary. I wanted a step-by-step breakdown with examples for topics, A, B, C. I didn't get it, even though the author promised it. We see 10 people say that. We know we need to have a step-by-step breakdown with examples of topic A, B, C. So that feedback helps us shape the structure of the book making sure including the right topics. We're emphasizing the right steps. We're giving people what they say they're buying books for. That's the qualitative research. The quantitative research or the numbers-based research actually has to do with people's purchasing decisions. We use a tool called Publisher Rocket to look up keywords that people are going to Amazon and typing in and then buying based on those keywords. Publisher Rocket is a fantastic tool because it tells us when people go to Amazon and they type in a, a keyword to look for a book, yeah. do they buy it or do they not buy it? Do they, there are a lot of people searching for it, but nobody's buying it. 
So that lets us know what are the keywords we need to make sure are communicated in the table of contents, in the subtitle, in the book description. So those two pieces allow us to shape the structure and produce that marketable book outline. We're just a step three of 10 here, and we haven't even started writing the book, and you know that there is a market for this thing. So that's very impressive, and then there's one tool that uh, I didn't know about, and I do sell professionally on Amazon, and it's not books, right? It's everything else. Yes. And and we do basically the same thing. We we assess demand first. I don't launch a product if I don't know if the demand is there. Right. And the keywords that people actually use the search, the exact same thing. So uh, I may have a tool that could be useful for you then for those reviews. If you don't have a tool, there's a tool out there that you can go on any Amazon listing. And if it has, for example, 10,000 reviews, you click on this. It downloads every single one of them and then filters them for you. What are the most common things said on the five-star reviews, on the one-star reviews? It breaks everything down. It does that in just like seconds. So uh, we I'd love use to that. hear about it for sure. Yeah, I can, uh, can let you know it. Well, I can let everybody know since everybody's listening here. It is part of a suite of tools for Amazon sellers called Helium 10. And this is their Chrome extension. It's the Helium 10 Chrome extension. And I believe everybody can can use it for free. So this Helium 10 Chrome extension, you add it to your Chrome browser. When you open Amazon on that particular page, all you have to do is click on it and say, download reviews. And you select if you want one star, two, five, or everything. It does all the work for you. So it's super cool. I just added it to my Chrome extensions. (laughs) There you go. There you go. That is very good. And oh, so uh, since we're at it, and I have uh, no, uh, I I do not own the tool or or anything like that, but I use that as well to to check on demand. That exact same Chrome extension tells me the demand of products on, on Amazon. Awesome. Thanks for the tip. Yeah, no worries. So, Tell me something. So you are a celebrity ghostwriter. What's the difference between a celebrity ghostwriter or the freelancers, the ghostwriters that people can five for a five, find for five bucks on Fiverr, right? And what is the difference? A lot of it has to do with the experience, not the yeah. experience like literally years of experience. The experience for the author. So if you are an amateur writer, you never really published anything before, you know, you just want to write a book and you kind of mm-hmm. list it on Amazon and your kids will buy it, mom will buy it, you know, your buddies at the at the bar down the street will buy a copy of it, maybe read a couple pages. And the quality isn't super important to you, then probably Fiverr, Upwork, one of the freelancer marketplaces is totally fine. You know, they'll interview you, they'll transcribe the recordings, they'll fix the grammar, assign chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, about 10, you know, in 10 page increments and boom, you got yourself a a book that you can publish and get out into the world. That is not my specialization. I tend to work with people who have a lot of expectations, not just on the people that they choose to work with, but expectations on themselves from their, Mm -hmm. from their audience, from their readers, from their vendors, their partners, from their publisher. Even I often find myself working with authors who've gotten a book publishing deal already and the timeline is so strict they're not able to produce the quality 
work that they would expect of themselves. Mm-hmm. So they want to work with someone who can who can work with extraordinarily tight, ridiculously tight even deadlines. They know what a sharp editor is going to be looking for. They're used to people, especially if you're at that household name level and you would consider yourself a celebrity, like people already know who you are. Mm-hmm. Then a lot of your people in your your life who come in and out of your life are are people who you wonder can I really trust this person? Are they here for my fame? Do they want to just take a selfie with me? Are they, are they a drive-by selfie taker, basically? Do they want to <laughs> lift themselves up at my expense? And so they have to know that the person they're going to be working with is there because they can be trusted, not because they're, oh, I want to take advantage of you and say, oh, i got to work with a celebrity person. Rather, someone who's going to be cool, who's going to be chill, and who will not be a yes man. Because the worst thing you can have as a, as a celebrity author is to work with a ghostwriter who will never tell you no, who will say every idea is a good idea. Because how, how are you gonna know if it's actually a good idea if everyone around you is wanting to protect your ego or what they perceive as your ego and telling you that you have a great idea when in fact, maybe it's terrible. And it's a professional ghostwriter with 40 books worth of experience who can say, actually your objective is to communicate this process or teach this principle. I know you may have taught it this way in the past, even in your TED talk, but it's not going to work like this for your book. Here's how we can restructure it based on what I'm seeing that works in the marketplace. So they want someone who can be honest with them and not just take instructions and do it like a mindless drone, but rather see themselves as a partner. And I've worked with enough household names at this point that I come right in there as your wingman, your partner, your navigator. The person is used to working with those who have expectations on them and expectations for the people to tell the truth, to not BS them, and to be a real partner to their venture. Mm-hmm. And Joshua, with with the knowledge, the experience, and everything that you have and accumulated over the years, why not now just become an author and you put out books, uh, you know, every chance you get, or or do you? Funny enough. That's how I got started. Okay. I am, a, as you as you mentioned, I'm a, I'm a two-time published novelist. And because I, when I was a kid, that was my dream. I was going to become a published novelist someday. That was my one ambition. I'm in college. I don't care about degrees, accolades, credits, grades, what a job. I want to become a published novelist. And I was 20 years old when I got my two-book publishing deal for, for, for a novel and then a prequel novel to that. And after I wrote the second one, my passion for being a novelist and, and authoring my own books just plummeted because I hadn't just done it once, I'd done it twice. And it's like you're 20 years old and you complete a lifelong bucket list objective for most people. And like, is this the end of the, the publishing road for me just, just write my own books? And I I'd actually had more potential books lined up in a sequence to get an additional book deal on, but I just didn't have the passion for it anymore. Then along comes my freelance writing clients who say, Joshua, we heard about those books that you've written. They're darn good. I find myself 50 pages in past midnight. Don't know how you did it. Can you help me do that for my book? You know, I'm, I'm working on a book. It's not going well. It's terrible. I want it to be compelling and make people just keep flipping the pages like you did for mine. And that opportunity to help other people write books and become authors not just appealed to me professionally, but also personally, because now I'm going to help other people fulfill their lifelong objective, their bucket list objective, and make a lot of money off of it. 
So that's that's what it is about you is the ability to suck people into that book and not want to put it down. Because the truth is, there's some books that have amazing content that you just, you want to know it, but it's so painful going through the book that like, man, I cannot read another page of this, but I want to know what's in it. So what you do is actually make me addicted to that book. So I want to read more and more, but I'm like, oh, come on, it's 2 a.m. I got to go to sleep. That's, that's your expertise. Is that right? That's right. That's right. In fact, on my YouTube channel this, uh, this coming week, that is the topic of my video, is how to make readers keep reading your book and not stop until they get to the end or until the point where they're ready to just freaking buy your program or your product or hire you for your service or your speaking your coaching or your workshops, they don't need to read the rest of the book. It was so good. It did the job of selling your services. I got to put your, your YouTube here on, on the show notes. Well, how do I find your YouTube? Yeah, it's just real simple. My channel name is Joshua Lysak. Okay, perfect. I'll put it on the show notes so everybody can have it too. All right. So uh, do you have people working for you or is Joshua the team? I have, I would, if I dare say, an impressive bandwidth for a lot of for working with authors. Most mm-hmm. ghostwriters, you become their full time employee for six months to a year, and most people who have a full time job don't take two, three, four, five, six full time jobs. Maybe some do, but that's the extent of the analogy for yeah. for purposes of explaining this. So I do have a team who helps with various tasks like transcribing a recordings formatting the book for print, for ebook, for audiobook, for producing the audiobook, for assisting with the creating the content for the, the marketing of the book, everything mm-hmm. happening around that, the social media updates. So there are, are, are specific people um, that I trust for each of these specific tasks. So that way we can take on a lot more clients than the average ghostwriter. We are actually the size of a ghostwriting agency, even though I am the one and only ghostwriter that people are able to work with. So it becomes, it basically, I'm able to leverage my time and also be the front of the agency for all authors, because what you don't want is to go to an agency that's, that has some big name ghostwriter and, oh, you're hiring the oh, ghostwriter, uh, 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 the ghostwriter backs away and sticks in front of you an English student who has never ghostwritten a book before and can't write. And I, I get a lot of authors who signed with ghostwriters like that, and they say, you're giving me a junior ghostwriter. You promised it would be you, the real deal I would be hiring. So they, they fire them and they, they come to me and I am the one that they work with. I'm the one who ghostwrites. Um, so that way the relationship is, is sacred as the ghostwriter author relationship should be. Nice. And you know, a lot of people are afraid of the unknown. And since most people, uh, this is a stat that I read somewhere. Most people have the dream of launching a book, Mm -hmm. but over 90% of them don't. And I guess that's due to the fear of the unknown. In this situation, if people don't know how to launch it or where, do you, since you have this experience, you also help with that part or just the writing? That's actually included in the, in the ghost publishing process okay. is we actually include all of the things involved in the pre-production of the book, making it available in the world's largest uh, retailers, obviously Amazon, Barnes & Noble, but also Audible, also Kobo, which is super popular uh, there in Canada amongst uh, both fiction and nonfiction mm-hmm. readers. I've been on Kobo's podcast to talk about talk about this. So everything that's involved with your book going from 
an idea in your head to a masterpiece published in four different editions in over 100 countries in the world and the promotion, the launch, the marketing support so you can actually have uh, some profit coming out of this. It's truly an all-inclusive end-to-end path from book to bank. And uh, you mentioned there, for example, going to 10, 20 different countries. How does that happen if, for example, the book goes to, I don't know, it's being sold on in Indonesia? Is it translated to that language? And how, and how does is that happen automatically or uh, by algorithms? How does that happen? Yes, most of my authors have English either as their first language or as a, a co-language. So, for mm-hmm. example, I have clients who are in South Africa, Singapore, Germany, um, even in South America, and also Asia. And when they, yes, they, they, they speak Tagalog, they speak Portuguese, they speak Afrikaans, they speak whatever their local language is, yeah. but they want to reach the, the, the most number of people as possible. And kind of the basic common language that a lot of people mm-hmm. share around the world is imperial english so we write we write the book in imperial english and it appeals to people whether you're in manila or you're uh, manila philippines or manila texas yeah yeah gotcha okay so if if for example of somebody listening wants to create a book and now that they're listening to this they're like okay this is the ideal solution for me And and to be completely honest, this is something that I have thought of before. And like we talked before, like I'm not good at writing, but I have many ideas. So if somebody is out there like me and they have many ideas, they can give you those ideas. For example, you mentioned that one of your clients uh, did a million dollars in sales with his book within one year. That, That sounds to me like, okay, Josh was, he's the best. But the best also uh, costs a lot. So is that something that I should be worried about? Do I have to get a second mortgage to work with you? (laughs) Or how does this work, Joshua? It depends on what exactly it is that you're looking for. So I'll say that the end-to-end core offer that most people want, which is like, I want the, the writing. Take me take me all the way, Joshua, from the book idea to the book is available in audio, paper, uh, soft cover paperback, hardcover paperback, ebook. I want this thing published worldwide. I want all the promotion engines behind me to make as much as much revenue as possible. Mm-hmm. Depending on the length of the book and the and the complexity of the topic, that's usually anywhere from US fifty to one hundred, a thousand for the entire end to end. But for people who are like, that's not quite where my budget's at. I'd like something that is a little more doable. We have a done with you plan where actually I am your co-writer and your book coach for the entire process going end to end on this thing. And so what we do is we meet on a regular basis, working on the manuscript together. You're still doing some of the writing. So it is a little more time intensive on your end. But mm-hmm. if you do have that free time up to actually work on you know, the first draft of the chapter, have me edit it for you live on our calls together, then that ends up being a lot more reasonable for, for most people. And that plan starts at US $1,500 a month. And that's really popular for authors who are just getting into this uh, and don't have a lot of, of capital ready to go right out the gate. Amazing. All right. And where would the people find you that are listening to you right now and like, I want to start this right now? Where were they Head on you? over to entrepreneurswordsmith.com. Entrepreneurs is plural and Word and Smith are 
Word and Smith, entrepreneurswordsmith.com. There's a couple of free tools that you don't need to opt in to get, one of which is a book revenue calculator. It goes like this. Let's say you launched your book today with the products you already have, the courses, the services you already offer. How much revenue could you expect to make from your book over the next year? Boom. Free tool. We have conservative estimates. All the numbers are already plugged in there for you. You just have to input your prices to get a number, and you will always be surprised how this thing turns out. Another free tool is called the Book Ideas Generator. Let's take your audience and your expertise and actually form some exciting, compelling, not just ideas for your book, but actual titles for your book, potential mm -hmm. titles for your book to help get the ball rolling and get more specific on what your book is actually going to do for people. Those are two free tools over at entrepreneurswordsmith.com. That's the place to go. If you're actually ready to have a conversation about your book idea, I have a free manuscript strategy session where what you'll do is you'll come away with an answer to a critical question. Should I write the book I have in mind or not? Is this going to be a waste of time? You will get the answer to that question on Manuscript Strategy Session. That you can also find at entrepreneurswordsmith.com. Nice. Okay. When I have all of those on the show notes, I also I'm going to check them out myself. And before I let you go, I want to ask you one more thing that you just touched on, and it, it is the title. Is the title like the number one selling feature of a book, or maybe the cover is? Both of those are, are critical, and simple is better than clever. I'll say for both of those. Mm -hmm. From one glance at the title, you need to know what your book is about. Yeah. If you're being obtuse, obscure, opaque with your title or your cover, no one's going to buy it. I've had, I've had a few authors over the years who insisted, just insisted that their pet title was going to be the title for the book. And unfortunately, their entire promotion of the book was explaining what the title actually meant <laughs> and how it related to, to the book. So I will do my best to, to not let you make that, uh, make that mistake of having a, an obtuse or obscure title. It's just a little too clever for its own good. Simple is better. Simple colors don't have 10 fonts. 50 colors, have clip art like crazy. It's better to actually have just the text on a nice, clean background than to have 10 different stock photos on your book cover. It feels a lot more professional. Go look at any of the New York Times bestsellers for both nonfiction and fiction, and you'll see there is one featured image on each cover. It's either the picture of the author or it's a clip art that demonstrates what the book is about. So maybe it's a book on time management. You're going to see a clock, you know, <laughs> real, real simple to, mm -hmm. to get the message across as fast as possible. Very good. Thank you very much, Joshua. And for everybody listening, you'll be able to find Joshua, uh, Joshua's links on the show notes. And uh, Joshua, thank you so much. This was a pleasure. You may hear more from me in the future because I am interested and I'm going to check out these links myself and see if my idea is worth it. It's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me on today. Thank you. And uh, you have a good one. You too. Thanks for subscribing to Fail Fast Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and visit failfastpodcast.com for show notes, Quinn's social media, or even to tell us your story.